People get these huge boners for Christmas. Let's take advantage of it. Let's give them a wet hole of Christmas here to get some release in. Radio Drome. Welcome to a post-Halloween episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me is Satan's cheerleader himself, Alex Jowski. Go team. Cecil doesn't quite get the hang of Halloween, Trachtenberg. Why don't I get Halloween? It's It's got candy and stuff. Because it was watched- supposed to be an insult. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME to get 10 free gifts, 6 free DVDs, a gift for him, a gift for her, free U.S. shipping, and a special mystery gift, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. I'm never going to be able to memorize that. I'll have to write it down. Cheater. All right, now, since we just got done with Halloween, we're moving into the holiday season. We've got Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving coming up, and if you really want to extend that, then we've even got Valentine's Day and all that. We're going to talk holiday movies tonight. Not Christmas movies, not Halloween movies, just movies about holiday. Now, what do you consider a holiday movie? A movie that is specifically about whatever given holiday it's set during or about? Or a movie that just uses the trappings to tell a different kind of story? For example, is Die Hard a Christmas movie in any more of a real way than Don't Open Till Christmas is a Christmas movie? It's, it's one of those mo- things where I don't think that it is specifically a holiday movie, but I still consider it a holiday movie. Like it, it's something like It's a Wonderful Life or a, like Jingle All the Way, like that kind of is a little more based around the holiday, whereas Die Hard is a movie that just so happens to be taking place near Christmas. But I still will put them under that umbrella because it's it's fun to watch them at that appropriate time of year. It kind of makes it a little bit more enjoyable because it's like, oh, it's Christmas now. You know, let's throw on Die Hard and then maybe follow it up with like something that is specifically Christmas, like a Christmas story. I consider a holiday movie a movie that sets out specifically to exploit that holiday. I would enjoy watching Die Hard at the holidays, but I don't consider it a holiday movie. It takes place at Christmas. But a holiday movie is something like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which its sole purpose for existing is people like Christmas, so they will like this movie about Christmas. Do you consider a movie a holiday movie if you could remove the holiday aspect, set it at another time of year, for example, and the movie would be relatively unchanged? such as Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon has a few Christmas trappings here and there, but really, you could have set that movie in June, and the movie really wouldn't change. Yet, just like Die Hard and whatnot, a lot of people do consider Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie. Is it really, say, a holiday movie if you can just if you can just pull the trappings out and it only alters the story in a minor, minor way? No, it's not. It's just a movie that happens to take place there. If you take the holiday out and you have, like, nothing, then it really wasn't a holiday movie, was it? I mean, it was a holiday movie. If you can take it out, 
and you have a completely functional movie, then it was not a holiday movie. Yeah, it's a tough call. Technically, yeah. I mean, if you remove the holiday aspect of it, it would still be the same movie. Uh, Would it necessarily feel the same? Because there are certain movies that they have uh, elements of the holiday in there that just... uh... I don't know. Yeah, I think that you're probably right. You know, if you can take the holiday out of it and it doesn't really change the movie, then it's not necessarily a holiday movie. But it is. So it is. If it ended with Danny Glover giving Mel Gibson a hug going and that's what Christmas is all about, then it would be a holiday movie. But it's not. Well, what about something? And and I I don't even know where I really fall on this. What about something like Prometheus? They go out of their way to have that scene with Idris Elba setting up the Christmas tree on the pool table and mentioning that it's Christmas. And the movie ends with the final log entry right after the New Year. So the movie takes place in the week between Christmas and New Year's. They go out of their way to set this movie at Christmas, and that's it. Does Prometheus qualify even remotely as a Christmas movie? Or do you think the Christmas tree scene with Idris Elba is just there for being there? That is specifically not so much to set it up as holiday, but that's to give it a time frame. So instead of saying, uh, you know, this took a week or however long they can, you know, by doing this, they're like, okay, it's Christmas and now it's New Year. So people know that that's roughly, you know, a week. So that's more of the log entries of, say, even if they set it in November, November 1st is the first log entry. November 7th is the last log entry. That also equals a week. Yeah, but it's yeah, a way of so doing... don't tell if you're saying today is November 1st, today is November 2nd. You're you're telling if you have a Christmas tree and then you have New Year's, you're showing. And that's better filmmaking than just having somebody say the date. No, because I agree with Cecil that it's there for a time reference and that and it develops the naive human humanity of those characters by having a Christmas tree. Because by then we would believe like, hey, science, there is no God. But hey, we celebrate Christmas because we're human. What about when a movie is so drenched in the holiday, whatever the given holiday is, you can't remove any of it without wrecking the story? For instance, since we just got done with Halloween, Michael Dotry's 2007 Trick or Treat, which is a movie I consider almost the ultimate Halloween film, that you can't remove a single Halloween element out of this movie without wrecking the whole film. To me, Trick or Treat is a Halloween movie in every conceivable way. But yeah, it was specifically made to be a Halloween movie about Halloween. But That's taking the, the concentration camp out of Schindler's List. But to be fair, because, because Trick or Treat had such a tumultuous post-production schedule, when Warner Brothers still had it, and I swear I'm not making this up, at one point they knew they were not going to be able to meet the initial 2006 Halloween season. Warner Brothers considered releasing Trick or Treat a movie about Halloween, set at Halloween, dripping with the mood and trappings of Halloween, literally about the holiday protecting itself, they wanted to release in February as a Valentine's Day film. Okay, that was a shitty move on the studio's part. A movie doesn't have to come out at the time it takes place. But don't you think that if you release a movie like Trick or Treat for Valentine's Day, you're not only missing the f***ing point, You're missing the entire audience. Valentine's Day is not when people go out to see a movie about Halloween. I have rarely ever watched a Halloween movie at Halloween. I usually acknowledge their existence at Halloween, but I watch them throughout the rest of the year. The the time that you watch the movie 
is not as important as the movie. I'm I'm one of those people where the mood. When I watch Trick or Treat, it doesn't feel right if it's not October. At the same time that if I watch Christmas Evil in the middle of March, it doesn't feel right. Christmas Evil feels right in December. Yeah, a movie should feel right whenever. Otherwise, it's not a good movie. I mean, you should be able to sit down and enjoy this movie anytime. And see, I, I don't necessarily... I mean, I do agree with that to a degree, but at the same time, there are also certain movies that feel like a certain holiday, maybe because of how you first saw them. Like, no matter when I see the original Night of the Living Dead or Plan 9 from Outer Space, because those used to be Halloween night UHF late night staples, those movies always feel like three in the morning on Halloween to me. Doesn't matter when I'm watching them in the day or what month, the original Night of the Living Dead and Plan 9 from Outer Space feel like late night UHF Halloween to me. Maybe that's just to me. Conjuring the image of when you first saw the movie versus I can only see the movie under these conditions, that's a different thing. For one, I would have liked the movie to actually get a theatrical release. That would have been nice. I'm sure uh, the director would have liked that as well. Considering... It was intended to. If you look at those early trailers, oh. Warner Brothers was promoing the hell out of that until the post-production problem said, yeah, let's make this a Valentine's Day movie. And But, I mean, Cecil, I know you don't know the first thing about marketing, but that is one of the <laughs> dumbest marketing moves I've ever heard of. You would be surprised. The thing is, February, for some reason, is popular with horror movies. If you look at the schedules, there's a lot of horror movies that get released in February. There's actually a different reason for that. February is considered yeah, well, the dump month. The, well, January when, and February are the dump month. The reason a lot of horror movies tend to come out in February or late January is that these are movies that the studios made, then saw and said, just get rid of it. We'll make more money on video. Just run it out. So that's less to do about trying to be holiday or t tonally appropriate to just get it gone. Yeah, it, it's it's a shame. I think that because um, didn't it, it finally when did it finally come out? 2008 or 2009, 2009. Yes. Yeah. So basically like they it essentially had... sat on the shelf for three years, more or less. They, they had plenty of Halloweens that they could have released it on, but they just decided to sit on it. And then most likely the reason why they finally did release it was because of uh, True Blood. They figured they would uh, take advantage of uh, the popularity of Suki. It wasn't going, we'll never compete with Paranormal Activity and giving up. It's it's a shame they uh, that they really blew it. Because the thing is, that movie has taken on a life of its own. It really has become it's become a halloween of, staple as it should have the halloween staples that it should have because it's a fantastic movie and once again showing the studio had no freaking clue what they were doing that well, they were the, sitting on gold but then do you think other movies evoke the feeling of whatever their holiday is jowski no, no matter when you watch them like you know what i'm i i know i'm gonna take crap for what i'm about to say i think hocus pocus is a great halloween movie it feels like a Halloween movie. It's a movie that evokes this the, the the time that it takes place. Why would you get crap for that? Hocus Pocus is yeah. great. You're not alone in thinking that at all. Every month I have to put up with Hocus Pocus month. Everybody I know is just, oh, Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus, it's October. And, you know, ABC Family does their, oh, they call it 30 Days of Halloween, but really it's just 30 Days of Hocus Pocus. And I don't even I can't stand Sarah Jessica Parker, but I in in the context of Hocus Pocus, sure, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, like I hate everybody and everything in that movie, but I enjoy that movie because it feels like Halloween. 
No, it's just a pretty decent movie. Bet Midler singing I Put a Spell on You in that scene, that's actually really good. It's really freaking good. More than any other subgenre. I mean, yes, Halloween is probably the second, you know, the second holiday genre, but Christmas. Christmas movies. It doesn't matter matter theatrical, TV movie, direct to video, whether it's a horror film, a sci-fi film, a drama, a love story, a kids movie. There are more Christmas films I think made than any other holiday themed genre. Why do you think in general, when I say we, I mean we as the viewing public, why we constantly need a new slate of Christmas films. For example, my wife was watching a movie on Hallmark a couple of days before Halloween. This is like October 28th or something. And they're already promoing all of the Christmas movies that they're going to be showing a month and like five days from now. And I'm like, seriously? Christmas is big. Everybody loves Christmas. Everybody does. And, you know, people that make movies know this and they're like, people get these huge boners for Christmas. Let's take advantage of it. Let's give them a wet hole of Christmas here to get some release in. Because, I mean, Christmas is the biggest holiday. So, of course, they're going to try to capitalize on that. And there's been a lot of really great Christmas movies, movies that make sense be revolving around Christmas and then movies that just so happen to be taking place during Christmas. So I don't know. There's there's just something it's it's a special holiday and uh, it's cool. And I, I like the fact that uh, they, they do have a lot of Christmas themed movies. Some of my favorite movies are movies that are Christmas themed. You know, Black Christmas is probably in my top 10, like all time favorite movies. The original you know, only. But I mean, there there are a lot of great Christmas movies that absolutely you can't remove the Christmas element and have the same movie. Probably the best one, leaving the slasher genre out, is Scrooged. I hate Christmas. I'm an atheist, a hardcore, ardent atheist. I think Scrooged is a fantastic you movie. Christmas? You're not a human. I don't like Christmas. Jowski. Like Christmas too. Jowski. Okay. You're just not human. Jowski. I don't celebrate Christmas. We don't put up trees. We don't put up lights. We don't give out gifts. My oh, family no, does not celebrate curmudgeon. Christmas. God, what are you, a Jehovah's Witness? I'm an atheist. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm an agnostic and I celebrate Christmas. Agnostics are atheists without the courage of their own convictions. Dude, no, it's my own it's conviction. I, there's something else. There's there's something out there, but I don't know what it is. And I raised Irish Catholic, so believe me, I am I am in a world of guilt at all times. But uh, I I don't particularly believe in the whole. But I mean, we're not going to get into a religious thing. It's Christmas. It doesn't it doesn't matter what your belief system is. It's just it's a fun time of year where you know everybody gets together and freaking drinks eggnogs and 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 you watch uh, you watch movies that that are are you know have have holiday you know about a fat guy in a suit that climbs down your chimney like. Only like, if he, only if he's killing people and then rides a van up into the oh, sky. Okay. okay. And I mean, Jeffrey Demond plays I know his brother. I know your 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 son. He's he's like he's at least eighteen now, I believe, right? I mean, not to talk about your family. Tw- I was twenty. All right, but I mean, like, and did did you have like Christmas for him, like when he was a kid? When he was really little, we did celebrate Christmas for his sake, and then when he was around ten, we kind of like, you know what? I'm not gonna lie to him anymore. Yeah, yeah, you got to a point where now you celebrate Hadliness, and everyone sits around and watches <laughs> the laziness for Silent Night, Deadly Night, and fucking loves it, or else. Garbage day, bitches! But then there's something else with Christmas movies. 
not all of these I'm are celebrating exact... Riker. I'm celebrating Riker. I am celebrating Christmas every year so Riker can have a, a wonderful Christmas time. And that's that's your decision as a parent. And it, and for your family, it's probably the right decision. It was like once your kid realized there's no Santa, you're like, okay, you're on to the secret. No more presents ever. <laughs> All right, no more trees, no more fun. Actually, we're going to spray paint everything black. Damn straight. But then you, you've got a certain – You've got a certain thing at Christmas where people also like repetitiveness. My my wife, almost in like a masochistic kind of way, always watches all the Christmas movies that ABC Family and Hallmark and that put on every December. And they're the same. They are the exact same movie with different people. They all have the same ending, the same tropes, the same characters, the same character arcs. Why do when it comes to Christmas movies more than any other genre, possibly than the slasher genre, do people want the same fucking story again and again? For instance, A Christmas Carol. Now, I'm not talking about an, you know, an episode of a sitcom that has a Christmas Carol kind of theme or something. Actual adaptations of A Christmas Carol. From movies to TV movies, there are 186 different adaptations of that. That's not counting single TV episodes. Why do they still? This year, there are three on major networks, new versions of A Christmas Carol. F***ing let it go! You must hate that that month. If she watches all of those ABC and Hallmark movies the whole season, you must hate life. Because they're not very good movies, but still, they get you into the spirit. And all of those Christmas movies, yes, all the same. They're supposed to be the same because it's Christmas. People like it and have expectations of Christmas, which makes the Christmas Carol so fucking perfect because people have their expectations. They know how it's going to play out. And all 186 of those have a different take on your main character. Oh, sometimes he's a businessman. Sometimes it's a kid. Oh, let's do it with dolphins. I kind of get into the Christmas Carol. Sometimes it's Patrick Stewart. Oh, I remember the Patrick Stewart one. I remember the George C. Scott one. Did you ever see the Tory Spelling one that had Shatner and Gary Coleman and... No, but I uh, saw uh, your review of it. James Cromwell? No, but I I think I need to watch it this year. (laughs) (laughs) All of these are the same fucking film and the 186 different official adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Why don't people want anything new and different? Why do they want the same fucking story told with different actors every year? This year, Patrick Stewart Patrick Stewart brings you A Christmas Carol, and it's just adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Obviously, you've got a little bit of leeway with the, the liberties that they take and whatnot, but official versions of A Christmas Carol, 186, and yet they're still making new versions of this. How many f***ing times does A Christmas Carol need to be made into a f***ing film? 186. Shut <laughs> up, you! Uh, as... Charles Dickens's cock about 186 times in a row. <laughs> uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, if, if people obviously want to see it for whatever reason, I think that um, it's one of those basic stories that just people keep coming back to and every time you know they do it it's like all right well we're gonna do it with uh with this actor and we're gonna have these special effects and we're gonna kind of fancy it up a little bit i don't see it as awful i mean granted i i've only uh, out of all of the, the chris 
Well, it's it's very redundant. But I mean, for me, like I've only ever watched uh, the George C. Scott one. Uh, there was the the there was one I saw like really that's really, really, really old. And I watched the one Patrick Stewart one because I knew that Patrick Stewart was going to freaking knock it out of the park. It it really doesn't need to be done as often as it is, but it comes down to here's a story that everybody knows. We own the rights to it. We can crank Actually, it out. It's public domain, so there are no rights to own. Oh well, well there you go. That right there explains why they do it every year because it doesn't cost any money to license it out. They can probably do it relatively cheaply and then put it on ABC family family or whatnot and and get bajillion dollars off of ad revenue by running it over and over and over again. That explains why why they keep doing it every year. People watch it. If they if people didn't watch it, they'd stop doing it. It's the same thing with like Robin Hood movies. They're still making movies of Robin Hood. There are over 140 movies about Robin Hood. We get it. Alright, let's move on to some of the lesser known holidays. Now Obviously, obviously movies like to, you know, especially if you're if if your shooting schedule is in the middle of Illinois in December and January, it's probably best that you set your movie at Christmas because you got the winter and whatnot. What are some of your favorite non-Christmas, non-Halloween holiday themed movies from any genre? Non-Christmas, wait, non-Christmas holiday themed movies. Non-Christmas, non-Halloween. Okay. So those are the two holidays you do not get to pick from. Okay. It's this one. It's it is, but it isn't. It's a. It's one of the few Thanksgiving movies. Is uh, Home Sweet Home, where it takes place during Thanksgiving, but like just barely. <laughs> that that's kind of like Lethal Weapon with the Christmas stuff. It's just the trappings. Yeah, it's just enough. Like basically. It's all these people happen to be going to this house and they needed a reason to get them there. So they said Thanksgiving. And uh, I don't like I, if, if I haven't seen it in a few years, but I don't even think they have a turkey. Isn't Body by Jake the killer? Body by Jake is the killer. Okay, he I, does... I, I just want to make sure I was, I'm thinking of the same movie you are. He does one of the greatest scenes in the history of movies where he body slams a guy who's under the hood of his car, like crushes him with the hood of the car. And it's hysterically funny. But that that's one that's that's a favorite because it's, you know, that's Thanksgiving. I do like Valentine, David Boreanaz. That one is, is a good and that actually, you know, does revolve around Valentine's Day. So that specifically, you know, you couldn't remove the holiday from that one. Um, let's I'm just, see. I'm just, I'm just glad you didn't say thanks killing. No, you know what? God, I, I've only seen the first one, but that movie was awful. I went in expecting kind of like an attack of the killer tomatoes. I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun. It's going to be funny. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's trying too hard to like, you can't, some movies are just like it, it works and it's magical and it's silly and funny. This was like they they knew they had a ridiculous premise and they thought that they could make it funny and they just couldn't. It it I I wanted to like it but mm, it's it's not good. Eh, that's all I can come up with off the top of my head because I got a list of Christmas movies here. Okay, I'm going to list two things. First, Hanukkah because I've like seen one movie that took place at Hanukkah and played into its theme, and it was some. There's a there's a new one that might be coming out soon. Hint, hint. Yeah, I know about that one. Then when it comes out, it will be awesome. But there's really far too mo- few movies about Hanukkah that like explore it and have fun with it for the wider, broader Gentile audience. 
And the other thing I was going to mention, which is you're going to yell at me because it's kind of like exploiting something, but it's Christmas movies where the filmmakers in Southern California just did not have the time or money or effort to go to a place that had a winter or wait until winter that they just filmed the Southern California Christmas movies where it's sunny and bright the whole time. Well, okay, it's not Southern California, but look at Chuck Norris and Richard Lynch in Invasion USA. That takes place at Christmas, and I believe it was shot in Florida. Like, Invasion USA looks weird, because as a kid, I'm like, there's Christmas lights and Santa Claus is everywhere, but there's green grass and no snow. That's not Christmas. Any movie The Asylum puts out that's about Christmas is right there in L.A. It's bright and sunny. People are wearing shorts and short sleeve shirts you know those those are comforting to me because i grew up in southern california that's like this is the christmas i know didn't dakota just uh last year he did a he did a christmas movie with um the christmas the christmas puppy was that was that the um he he did that one with uh santa claus's wife cynthia roth right yes yeah rothrock yeah, he did Santa Summer's house. Santa Summer That's house. That's it. Santa Summer house, which, which is the a, same house. It's the same house in Malibu, although apparently <laughs> this time it's supposed to be in Florida. <laughs> I liked that movie. Let, let, let's talk slashers for a little bit. During the slasher boom and and after, the slashers loved their holidays. I don't think a single holiday went by. That uh, that there was not some slasher movie made of. Why do you think the slashers jumped onto the holiday thing so much? Do you think it was because of the, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night had not come out yet, because that's 1984. But do you think because of the set success of Halloween, set at a holiday, Friday the 13th, set on a specific date, and a few of the other ones, like, like My Bloody Valentine, set at Valentine's Day, do you think that that just kind of became, in a way... An, an easy sell for a slasher movie. Look, people are getting killed on this date. Okay, that slasher boom where you had far too many slasher movies hitting theaters all at the same time. How are you going to make your movie stand out? If, you, if your movie's like Blood Kill, you know, with every other movie that is the same slasher title, how are you going to stand out? Blood Kill is a great title, by the way. I'm oh, serious. Well, I'm hey. sorry. Blood Kill is a great title. Blood Kill like, is a, it sounds like a Rob Leafield uh, villain. It does. But like your movie's coming out early February. You know, how are you going to get people to see it? Oh, well, you know what? That's President's Day. We'll get people to see it on President's Day by saying it's a movie about President's Day. Uncle and Sam by- from Will- William Lustig. Yes. Yeah, you know, and thus Blood Kill becomes President's Day. Jowski, I, I agree with you. I don't disagree with your your hypothesis on that, but do you think that that it became a crutch after a while? Yeah, audiences clued in, and it's like you're just lying to me. No, probably the biggest lie was the day after Halloween, a movie that has nothing to do with Halloween, and I mean the holiday, and it was a, just a horrible generic slasher that was shot as something else. Then Halloween comes out, and they're like. Uh, the day after Halloween. That's just, that's lying. Yeah, they should have just called it Blood Kill. I, like, I said, Blood Kill's a great title. Halloween 2, Blood Kill. There was a documentary that came out uh, a few years ago. believe, because I've seen a bunch of them, but I believe this one specifically was The Rise and the Fall of the Slasher. 
And they talked about how after Halloween came out, you know, how many uh, basically they were looking for what holiday they could kind of latch on to. And they went, you know, everything. Valentine's Day. They, they even, even went, went nonspecific. Happy birth- birthday to me. Yeah, happy birthday Look, to it, me. It takes place on your birthday. Exactly. You know, they went with that. And, and it just it's it's an easy thing to kind of revolve around and it's something where they did it around the right time and they released it at the right time if they did a christmas slasher movie or thanksgiving one or whatever and they released it at the right time it just seems like a movie that people would naturally gravitate to and it's something that might potentially become uh something that they return to oh every year uh at halloween we watch Halloween. Every year at Christmas time, we watch Black Christmas. I think that's kind of why they wanted to latch it onto that, because it would create recurring business. Every year, people would rent or buy or would see the movie that was tied to that. So I think that it was a smart business move. And actually, it created a lot of really good, fun movies. See, now, I've I've come up now with the movie that will guaranteed success to hit every one of those bases. Called Blood Kill? No, it's an apocalyptic slasher movie called Happy Birthday to Me, where an angry Jesus comes back on Christmas. And nobody, and, and, and nobody believes he's Jesus, so he gets put in an insane asylum and lobotomized. No, he goes around killing people because it's the apocalypse and he's an angry Jesus. The only way that movie would work is if Brian Trenchard Smith directed it. No, I would direct it. You're no Brian Trenchard Smith. Well, neither are you. I wasn't claiming to be. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> when they make ho- holiday movies, regardless of what the holiday is, as well as regardless of what the genre is, do you think that nowadays they are more cognizant of what they're going to do theatrically or on video? Because I've noticed a trend in the last 10 or so years. Usually the three to four month gap between theatrical release and home video, they, they have been releasing Christmas movies at the end of summer theatrically so then you have the dvd to buy for christmas that is kind of a wise marketing move does that do a disservice to the audience that you know what in august i'm not really in the mood for a goddamn christmas movie yes it'll be on dvd then for christmas but why are you releasing it in august Eh, I, i mean Sometimes it's just simply a release schedule thing. Like uh, if they are looking ahead and and they see that, okay, there's already 10 Christmas movies that are coming out in December, maybe we can put it out now because there are people that do the whole Christmas in July thing. So Which is they, stupid. It always has been stupid. It's incredibly stupid, but that doesn't discount the fact that people do it. So uh, if they release a Christmas movie in the summer, they could attract that crowd. Consequently, they might get more business than they would in December because there'll be less competition. They were going to be smart because it's hard to sell a Christmas movie at any time but Christmas. They come out with their movie at Christmas. Who cares if the normal turnaround for theatrical to DVD is six months? You're a fucking Christmas movie. Just put it on DVD the next Christmas. There's no way a studio is going to sit on a theatrical release to put it on home video nowadays for a year. No way. A novelty Christmas film, just like, yeah, it's a Christmas film. They only sell it Christmas anyway. It's worth sitting on. I disagree, but fair enough. What are some of the more obscure holidays that either haven't had a movie made about them or have that maybe a lot of people may not know about? 
For example, I can't think of a movie that really deals with Labor Day or anything like that. What are some of the more obscure holiday movies? Well, you have those specifically American Memorial Days, like Labor Day, Memorial Day, you know. You never get really any many Earth Day movies. I'd like to see Earth Day movie with some environmentalists going to kill Actually, ramp. Actually, you do. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. That's not an Earth Day movie. You want to bet with Gaia and all that? That's an Earth Day movie, man. Gaia is a very JRPG thing. Every JRPG has Gaia. It's their way of having religion without mentioning religion. No, it's because uh, it's not even Earth. Yes, it uh, is. It was uh, well. The whole movie takes place on Earth. But I mean, it's not. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a stretch. Independence Day, and I mean that as the holiday. Yes, we've got Independence Day, the movie. Are there a lot of movies that really take place on the Fourth of July, though? Uncle Independence Sam. Disaster, Final Destination 3. Uncle Sam is 4th of July. Which makes, whole... That makes sense, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, so that is, and that specifically is 4th of July, where Independence Day, they did it because they could, uh, for the time frame, but also so they could make it like the, you know, this is the America. It's the only Bill. way, it's the only way to get Bill, Bill Pullman's speech to make sense. Yes. I tell you, man. I mean, you know, seeing that when when you're younger and, you know, today we celebrate our independence. Oh, just cheering. And I know a lot of people crap on the movie now. I still enjoy the hell out of it. I think that, you know, you're you're nuts if you say that's a bad movie. A, it like, is a bad movie. but Of course you, you wouldn't say it's a bad movie. And right. generally on Independence Day, people watch patriotic movies, not necessarily movies about Independence Day. They watch movies about, hooray, this is how we won the war. No matter which war, it's just many different war movies, you know. Movies war in about general. Or, you know. or born on the 4th of July. Like yeah. Something like, you know. I, 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 I don't know. There are certain war movies that wouldn't really fit into that. Like Full Metal Jacket It's kind of a downer and not a positive message war movie, you know. Casualties but, yeah. of War. With Sean Penn and Michael J. Fox, not really a positive portrayal of the military. Generally, people watch more movies about Independence Day, about its origins, than movies called Independence Day. Say, can you kill? <laughs> Surprised that hasn't happened yet. St. Patrick's Day, we've got Leprechaun. <sighs> Unfortunately. Ah, oh, come on! Hey, you're the one that, I believe it was you that brought up that we'll be doing a Leprechaun retrospective next year, Prick. There is any thriller that takes place in South Boston, because they always have to have that St. Patrick's Day movie in any movie that takes place in Boston. Mm -hmm. Maniac whole... Cop, didn't Maniac Cop have the St. Patrick's Day parade where Sam Raimi was a news reporter? Yeah, if a movie is in Boston, it's going to have that past St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah. Well, actually, this was New York, but still, it made me think of Maniac Cop. But then, okay, let's shift from movies. What about TV? What about holiday TV specials? Obviously, Christmas and Halloween are going to get the most of those. It's you don't like you don't see a whole lot of movies about Easter, but you get a whole lot of TV movies about Easter. You don't get a whole lot of movies about some of the more obscure holidays, but you definitely get TV movies. Why do you think TV movies? embrace the more obscure holidays obviously leaving out the slashers which we've already brought up then theatrical 
because if you're having a theatrical release, you're aiming for a season. People get motivated for a season. You're getting to those more narrow holidays. People are going to be motivated for that day. They're not going to be for the whole season. So you're going to have a hard time getting Easter sold that whole week long. But you can do it on Easter by all means. And TV, it's easier to sell things on the day versus, you know, a week build up to the season. Because I think the only real Easter movie I can think of, Mallrats. Donnie Dark has an Easter bunny in it. Just because it has a rabbit doesn't make it an Easter bunny. Yeah, that was Halloween anyway. But it yeah. did have the. It did have. Um, hey, N- Night of the Lepus is not an Easter movie because it has bunnies. Okay. <laughs> it's I a watched fun that movie though. Easter, I eat hard-boiled eggs and we have our Night of the Lepus parties. Ugh. Uh, no. Because uh, Mulrats, they beat up the Easter Bunny. They do beat up the Easter Bunny, but there is uh, there's Easter Bunny Kill Kill. That is uh, uh, a a specific Easter horror movie. There's um. Passion of the Christ is another Easter horror movie. Technically, and you're right. The Jesus you are Chainsaw right. Massacre. Sticking with TV, what about all of the holiday-themed episodes of whatever show you're on? Sitcoms always have. You've got your Halloween episode, your Christmas episode, your Easter episode, your your Independence Day episode, your Fourth of July episode, etc., whatnot. Why do you think dramas tend to avoid those other than the broad strokes of maybe a Halloween one or maybe a Christmas one. You, you don't tend to see, like, you're not going to see a Sons of Anarchy episode that takes place on on Saint, uh, you know, on Valentine's Day or anything like that. Why do you think a drama, dramas tend to avoid the holiday-specific episodes, whereas comedies tend to embrace them? The Married with Children episode, I believe it was called It's a Bundleful Life. The the, Where the 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 two part the two parter yeah was I actually, fantastic. I actually got to go with the first season Christmas episode from Married with Children where Santa Claus's parachute doesn't open and he and lands he, in the Bundy's yard and they're eating their Christmas pizza while the coroner is trying to get the body out. And so yeah, that Al one's dressed- one of the darkest Christmas sitcoms I've ever seen. Oh, that one's so dark. Yeah, that one where he puts on the the outfit and uh, and all the kids come in and he's uh, he's just like telling the kids like how life really sucks. Yeah, that one is really funny and really dark. I mean, that was back when Married with Children was was hilarious, man. Exactly. Well, that was they were so under the radar they could do stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that and the and the one with Sam Kinison, they were they're both fantastic. I I don't know. I think that um, a lot of dramas I, I guess because they they don't want to uh they don't have a specific time frame so i mean uh, ongoing shows like the only one i could think off the top of my head like something like gilmore girls where they would have you know they've had christmas episodes I and mean, that's an ongoing but i mean that's like a drama that they're specifically showing you know over the course of years where a lot of them they'll just kind of take place almost in like a bubble where it's not really you know you don't really know what what time of year it is especially if it's taking place at somewhere like los angeles because there's no season so it could be summer it could be winter who knows I don't know. I don't know why they don't. I know a lot of them just avoid them. Dramas are more set into their pattern of storytelling that, okay, we have, you know, this is everything that has to happen this episode. And they, a lot of them are usually negative, like every Law & Order thing or any cop show. You don't really want to associate murder with Christmas. Comedies are, you know, happy about laughing. 
you know, so it's easier to, to associate the happier feelings with the comedy with Christmas than they like gritty dark drama. Nobody NY- wants an NYPD Blue Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to be depressed at Christmas. Well, it, it, I think, and and this might be just how it's handled. So this might be an aesthetic thing. I think it also kind of comes down to the differences between drama and comedy. Making a Christmas, you know, having a sitcom that has a Christmas episode, there's a lot more comedy potential than when a drama tries to make a Christmas episode. It tends to get sappy and preachy. I think that maybe it's just how they've done them over the years, but I've noticed it's much easier to make, especially with Christmas, a Christmas comedy than it is a non-sappy Christmas drama. But then why do you think audiences want holiday-specific movies, TV, whatever? Why, for instance, does Lethal Weapon need to be set at Christmas? Or or not need to be. Let me rephrase that. Why did Lethal Weapon set itself at Christmas when it could just as easily have set itself in June? Why do Do you think it's something with the audiences that they want, okay, you know, this has a Christmas feel to it. This, you know, and when I bring up Halloween, I don't mean one that, you know, something that evokes Halloween, but just like has the trappings. Why, do you think the it makes the audiences feel a little more in tune with the movie when it's set at a familiar holiday that they're already sentimental about? Oh, definitely. Like if I saw a movie that took place on Ramadan, I'd be out of my element. But A, at Christmas, I, I know where these Pete characters are coming from, even if I'm watching it in, like, April. I'm like, I, I know what Christmas is like. I know where these people are coming from. I don't know. I mean, sometimes it, it makes sense. Sometimes if you set it at the right time of year presents a feeling that you automatically can identify with without having them to, uh, having to over-explain anything. You automatically, you know, it's like, you know, it's Christmas. You know, they open up with, like, a Christmas song. You automatically are like, okay, it's cold, it's Christmas time, so everybody's going to be busy. I mean, it presents an image in your mind as the movie's beginning, gets you ready for whatever this is going to go into. So I guess it's kind of a way of, uh, I don't want to say cheating the audience, but kind of skipping a little bit of the setup. All right, it's getting the narrative to it right away. Cheating the narrative, so to speak, yeah. I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with that because a lot of good movies are all about cheating to a certain degree, cheating the camera, cheating the narrative. It's to get you into the uh, proper mindset faster, and then they can kind of push the story forward. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. What about then movies that take place over an extended period of time and they have all the holidays? Something like, I know it's a terrible movie, but Big Daddy, got your little five-minute segment at Halloween got a little segment at Easter, a little segment at Christmas. Is that more realistic when it takes place over a longer period of time? Or is that kind of cheating with the whole holiday, cheating the narrative thing? No, that's absolutely great when it does that because it sets time without like, it's again, it's without having three months later, four months later. Yeah, because that is cheap as if you pop up a title card that says four months later. If you have people selling celebrating Halloween and then all of a sudden they're celebrating Christmas, you can tell visually right away, okay, this is two, three months later. You know, you you know exactly what's going on versus, oh, we're just going to cop out and put the three months later, fade to black three months later. It's it's a much easier, finer, you know, boom, boom, in and out. Well, because I got to agree with you on that, Alex, because I have noticed that sometimes. Usually so there are certain movies that'll 
start, it's clearly summer or whatnot, you know, the, say they're in Ohio or someplace that gets snow, so you know the seasons are going to be changing. It's It starts in the middle of summer, and then they go three months later, and you're like, why are there no Halloween decorations? We're getting we're gearing up for Halloween. Oh, because they just cheated, shot it all over a weekend, and they just put the damn title cards up. So I absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think that uh, in the case of Big Daddy, they were pushing it to show the passing of time but also to get like comedy bits in it was like okay well this is what's happening at this holiday now we're going to show it's a few months later and this is what's happening at this holiday and something goofy is happening so it's that's a way of kind of pushing these forward but uh, yeah there are a lot of movies that will do the fade to black six months later skip ahead a bit instead of doing it a little i don't know it's it's, it's kind of tricky when you get to that but that is funny when they'll do something where it's you know six months later and you're like wait shouldn't it be christmas time and it's obviously like still like a d- later on that day instead of six months later what, one of the things i hate is when a when a movie takes place over an extended period of time and nothing changes oliver stone's jfk it takes place over a three-year time period in that three years no one's hairstyle changes the house never changes. They never, like, move the furniture around or anything. And his baby never gets older. His baby is a suckling little baby three years after it was a suckling little baby. You can't just go three years later and then go, yes, and everything's the same. I mean, I'm sure, sure Alex and Cecil, three years ago, you can look at a pic- picture of yourself and go, holy crap, a lot has changed in my life since then. To me, that kind of jump is, is a cheat. Anything you can do to avoid putting words on the screen is a boost. I mean, if you're if you got show, show a holiday and then another holiday to establish the passing of time, that's always better. Just whatever you can do to avoid words on the screen, you ne- never make your audience read it ever. There, there's also one other exception, and that is locations. Like I find it awfully clunky when a character has to, you know, you're starting the movie and they have to name drop. And then because of the laws here in Montana, whereas Montana, fine, you told me where it is without having to have some clunky piece of exposition. Tell me you're in fucking Montana. Well, that's better when, you know, than when you have a movie and you see like beaches, palm trees and a volcano. And then the text pops up saying Hawaii. And you're like, well, duh. And I'm not a big fan of, uh, I think, a lot of movies like certain movies. It makes sense. Like Star Wars, they had an entire new world they had to explain so they had the text crawl in the beginning to kind of bring you into you know mm. bring you up to speed but there's a lot of movies that have text crawls where it's like this could have easily been explained in the first 10 minutes of the film or it's rather just than completely it, unnecessary it, it, like like uh like the mission impossible movies yes because we needed to know the exact time second longitude latitude and location of this place to truly understand that they're in beijing right now right look at uve Boll's alone in the dark Without the opening text crawl, does the movie make any sense at all? movie doesn't make sense with the text crawl. I had no problem following that movie. God, why does everyone have so much problem with Alone in the Dark? That was the longest text crawl ever. But it explained shit that needed explaining. Shit, that text crawled. (laughs) (laughs) It's a terrible movie. Fuck. And that's not just... And I'm not just... Uh, that's like saying, you know, one of my best turds. Ah, you people have no taste. This coming from the... Never mind. (laughs) Uwe Boll laughed at you when you said you liked that movie. I like that movie. I'm sorry. 
fine. You never have to apologize for liking something. I just think like I it's it's bad movie. I don't uh, you know, I, I I don't hate it. I just think that it's a bad movie. To wrap up then, what are your final thoughts on holiday movies? Do you like a movie that is set at a holiday, whether it be just the aesthetics of the holiday, like a lethal weapon or a die hard, or a movie that is about the holiday, such as such as Trick or Treat or Good God, the Santa Claus. What what kind of holiday movie do you like? You had to remind me of the Santa Claus. I now that's a movie that I legitimately hate. Wow. I'm pretty sure you'll hate the Jingle All the Way Two, starring Larry the Cable Guy. I'm going to love the hell out of that movie. It's from the director of Tooth Fairy 2. And hey, Cecil's looking forward to the damn Grumpy Cat Christmas movie, so he has... I, I know. I, I am, I'm guilty. Well, it, it's Grumpy Cat. I don't know. Like, I just, I think that having Aubrey Plaza... Actually, I think that having Grumpy Cat have a voice is a bad idea. I think they could have done Eric that Roberts, Eric Roberts recording in a bathroom over a speakerphone, I would have been okay with. I would have been fine with that. Grumpy Actually, the movie that's like having Boxy the movie. I know. Are they just gonna take any internet meme out there? What next? Is there gonna be a cinema snob movie? Well, if they made it a slasher flick, that actually could work. I I like holiday movies. I mean, my my personal favorite, obviously, being slashers. I think that a lot of them are are just good. They they present a certain time, and they uh, if they're the right kind of movie, something like A Christmas Story, it kind of gives you the warm and fuzzies. It helps set you up for that time of year. Oh, it's Christmas. You know, I'm going to watch... Now, I don't watch the same thing every year. Like, I'm not one of those people that... Because I, I just can't handle watching the same thing, like, over and over and you over again. I used to like A Christmas Story. TBS has made me despise that film. For for Thanksgiving, though, if we have Thanksgiving at our house, I will put Netflix on and I'll just run Mystery Science Theater episodes on the television. And and I'll be goddamned if anybody is changing the channel. Because <laughs> they're like, can we put the game on? No! Not in this house! Oh, that's why I love it. I just take my, my turkey downstairs and watch my MST. Yes! Avoid of- my irritating family. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping the, the holiday theme going, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, of holiday movies, if they're the right – if they're good. If I'm watching a movie, I just prefer it to be a good movie. When it takes place is irrelevant outside of how it services the story. So if a movie happens to take place at Christmas and it's a good movie, great on. I like the movie. As far as holiday-themed movies, I do like getting into the spirit of things. I'll watch Christmas-themed movies, good or bad, around the Christmas season. I'll watch some scary movies around Halloween that take place at Halloween. I'll watch Santa crap in December. Because, you know, it's fun to get into the spirit of the holiday. It's fun to feel motivated about something. The only holiday I can get excited about is Halloween, so I do get into Halloween-themed movies. Christmas ones, we argued about it earlier. I just don't care about I don't care about Valentine's Day movies because I'm a curmudgeon with a little black coal of a heart. I don't care about most other holiday movies. But then again, at the same time, it doesn't bother me. Like if I'm watching Lethal Weapon, it doesn't bother me that it's set at Christmas. If I'm watching Chuck Norris blow Richard Lynch up with a bazooka at point blank range, it doesn't bother me that that's set at Christmas. If, if we want to send Alex Jowski something this holiday... Where would people find him? At home, eagerly awaiting your presence. Oh, no, just geekjuicemedia.com. 
since nobody wants to send Cecil anything, where would people get gifts from Cecil? You can get gifts from me uh, at goodbadflix.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com where you'll both get and give. I'm into reciprocating, okay? As well as contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Try and have a good night, guys, and whatever time of year you hear this, it's probably the wrong holiday. Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.